Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. The baseball season here in uh, the United States is in full swing, but it's also in full swing uh, in Asia, um, in, uh, in Japan and in Korea. We uh, decided we'd talk a little bit about leagues outside of the uh, United States. And uh, since it's uh, not winter, we were not going to talk about the winter leagues and the Dominican League and the Caribbean World Series. But I think we will do something like that in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, in the future. But right now, both the KBO and the NDP are ongoing and they're playing right now. And there have been actually some really interesting stories already coming out of both leagues this season. Well, let's just start. And, and, and with people have heard this now because you hear things in Japan baseball, which you never used to hear during the regular season. Right now, now you'll get get updates when at least significant things happen. And how about Roki? Sasaki. Sasaki. I mean, so the guy comes out and he's what, 19 years old? 19. 19 years old. And he's throwing 99, 100 miles an hour or something like that. Seeds. And he pitches a perfect game, which, you know, has happened in Japan. But then the next game, he goes out and he pitches a perfect eight innings and they take him out. Only because the game was tied and they didn't (laughs) want to run him out. Now, the other thing is he didn't just throw a perfect game. He threw a perfect game with 19 strikeouts. Yeah. 19 strikeouts in a game alone is an impressive feat, but to do that in a complete game, perfect game, we also only threw 102 pitches is wild when you think about it. That is utterly dominating. So maybe that stoked both of our curiosities about Japanese baseball enough to sort of, let's say, let's do a podcast about it. And so what you know about Japanese baseball um, off the top of your head uh, and and the top of my head, maybe we didn't do much research on this. Uh, There are two leagues in Japan. I know that, right? The Central and the Pacific. Right. There are two 16 leagues. uh, And so they have a total of 12 teams playing baseball in professionally in Japan and two minor leagues, obviously. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. and there it's a very competitive league in terms of like in terms of especially the focus around it as a fan culture. I think that's one of the things that really kind of sets it apart from Major League Baseball is the fan culture for these teams is just it's such a different experience going when you, when you see these games broadcast and how the fans unite for cheering and rooting for your team. And in fact, during the pandemic, uh, this is this is significant. During the pandemic, and, and, and Gordon, you could talk a little bit about the, the, the chanting and the cheering, and I think that happens both in, in Japan and in Korea, by the way. They right. have all kinds of cheers there. Um, that they, they said you can't cheer during the games because they didn't want people, you know, blowing out there or whatever uh, during games. So I, I guess there was quiet during the games, and this year they've gone back, to, gone back. to them being able to cheer. Now, both, of, both of these leagues happy. have seen a dramatic uptick in viewership both over the co- because of the covid season where we didn't play for the beginning well, of the Well, that's the reason is Americans actually watched baseball. Right. We were, where was the Korea. Only, they were, but even this and year, because Japan. you were delayed with, with spring training and there was a lockout, again, it kind of kept up and they were playing over there. So people started watching and were paying attention. So I think that the general, the, the general view on these baseball leagues is much higher also because they've had a lot more success with the players that have been coming over recently compared to like that run in the early 2000s after Ichiro came over. So so we looked it up and there have been 64 Japanese born players that have played at least one major league baseball game. I don't know. Do you think that's more or less than you would have guessed? And you you haven't been following baseball as long as me. I think it's it seems both right and wrong. It's not a number I'm surprised by. If, mm. if anything, I think like, oh, it probably should be a little bit higher. But then I also think logistically having players like that come over from Japan wasn't really probably even too much entertained as a thought until the 80s or the 90s. So right. it, it, they're, they're, you're looking at comparatively a lot less time. 
and also because of the way we didn't have the internet, your ability to finally hear about somebody that was over there and was a good player and get over there to scout them. You got guys come over relatively much later in their career. Good point. I think what you're going to see because of, you know, your of Shohei Otani and say a Suzuki is that now if a guy like, like Sasaki, Loki Sasaki, <laughs> now you come out and you have one dominant year in the NBP. People are going to pay attention to you now. They're going to major league teams are going to come knocking right away. And I think the general level of play uh, in in the Japanese leagues thought by Major League Baseball is upper Triple A. You know, right. like not quite Major League, but not you know. Right. It's why you can, you know there is a limit, an interesting limit. So there's a limit on the number of foreign born players that can be in the lineup on any given day. Only a couple of gaijin per team. I think four yeah. can be uh, in the line. No, no, well not per team. Two, Only two in to the- three. Two to three is all you can have. But that's in the lineup. You can have more than that, but they just can't play on the same, all on the same day. So you could have like four or five guys overall that are not from Japan, but you can only play two or three of them on a given day. I guess you can go to four. Yeah. um, And and if there are four, they cannot all be pitchers or all position players. So they have stipulations on. Just to make sure, because you you want to make. Let's not bring in the, uh, you know, the staff of the 1970 Orioles and, you know. Right, right. You know, (laughs) or you you go buy out some teams, triple A pitching for a year or something. You know, you could do that. So I, I get why they have that restriction in there, but it is interesting that it's just thinking about how the difference even between the two leagues in the NBP and the KBO is that while they are, you know, very geographically close together, there's almost no overlap between the two leagues. Like players playing yeah. you know, from KBO to J. No, no, no not you, that I know not at that all. I know. Not even foreign born players. And there's a, obviously a huge rivalry it's between huge. Japan and Korea. Um, although baseball got to Japan way, way before it got to Korea. Right. So you, your NBP has been established and around for a lot longer. You have generational fans. For Japanese baseball. Generational which, it's it, it got over there in 1872, I saw, which is like, I can't believe it got over there that early. Yeah, but they've, but they've had organized professional baseball for as long as you've had people that their grandparents were fans of a particular they team. They were playing professional baseball in Japan, I saw, 26 to 39. Um, no, no, no. Through the war, from 36 to 49. So through World War II. And I'm thinking the Japanese, we all think, you know, well, they, you know, the Americans, you know, were playing baseball and, you know, over there. And they, no, no, they were playing that because they had it before, actually. Um, and that, that really impressed me that the, you know, and the high school baseball in Japan, and we'll talk about Korea, is crazy, right? The it high school baseball tournament. Huge, huge. It's like college football. College football there. It's, uh, there's a particular name for the tournament. There's two tournaments that take place every year for Japanese high school baseball. Yep. Yep. I think it's like I forget the name that they call the spring tournament specifically, but that's the big one. Winning spring is the one that really matters. And it's interesting because typically in a lot of Japanese school culture, you join teams and clubs to have the memories to be like, oh, I remember being. So it's 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 interesting that you have a sport in baseball in which there's so much culture about winning that thing. And not about like, oh, yeah, let's get together and make sure we remember fondly our time in high school. It's no, let's get together and win this championship because that that means something to win that spring. Well, and the Yomori Giants, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they've won more Japanese World Series than any team by far. They are and you know, pretty much despised by the other teams because they're the know, Yankees <laughs> of Japan. They are the sense. Yankees of Japan. I think uh, I think that's a good call there. And, you know, they they um, 
they get about 25, 30,000 fans to a game. Which is pretty good. Which is pretty good. They pay 146 games in Japan, 73 in home and 73. So the season is much like that in, in, in Major League Baseball. And they're fairly concurrent. I don't know of any players that have ever gone and played in Japanese League during the season and somehow been purchased never, to play Never in heard League. of them doing that no, same season. Maybe a pitcher made an appearance that's the only thing i could think like if you sign some pitcher their season ends like early august like late august and september maybe they come over and make a, a appearance in the regular season and, but, and 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 most of the japanese players that that are playing in major leagues today there's seven currently on major league roster you know them all yeah uh you darvish played in japan who's been uh, great way better than i expected this year kenta maeda mm-hmm. uh kukuchi yasui kukuchi uh, shohei otani obviously yep. yoshi Tsutsugo, who's maybe not as accomplished as some of those other players but playing in the majors um uh, Hurakazu Saramura, I think he played for the Cubs, mm-hmm. and and the newest Cubs, Seiya Suzuki, who's been. So you know all the players, and it makes me think: okay, is it is, is, has things not really changed? Can you be a marginal Japanese player and play in Major League Baseball? I think it's going to be hard for you because you're just not going to get picked up. It would be hard for you to be marginal. Well, you won't stick if you. <laughs> right, right, right. If you're just a marginal guy, you're not going to. People aren't going to pay the transfer fee requests it's going to take to get. And you're not going to get the notoriety that I think. Depending on the, on the, on the, on the uh, right. size of the transfer fee. I think fee. the problem that you. Now, you will have guys that could be great, that were great in Japan, come over and be marginal here in, in the major leagues. I can think of two Mets in particular. But I don't think you're ever <laughs> just going to see, like. Some team go to get their, like, you know, the whole humdrum everyday second baseman. So um, you remember Kaz Matsui, mm-hmm. right? Came, came was a really good player there. And Hideki Matsui, obviously, was obviously, the more famous yeah. of the two Matsuis, who, who was a, a star in the major leagues. But Kaz came. He had a home run in his first at bat oh, for the man, Mets. We, we thought it so. was all good until it, until, you know, yeah, every season was that. like two months old and then it wasn't so good anymore. Uh, was, injured, couldn't really play the position. This was not great. And was that marginal player who did not last uh, in there. And then the Mets had another guy who is now the manager of the Nippon Ham Fighters. And this guy is one of the great characters in baseball, Chiyoshi Shinjo. Right. He also hit a home run in his first at bat as a Met, weirdly enough. And 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 Shinjo, you just got to check this guy out because he's managing. And, and so when he, he did opening day this year for the, the Ham Fighters, he's the manager. He actually had to play to receive the opening day pitch. He catches it in the air and runs it back and tackles the pitcher he's just a complete nut yeah um and, and in, a, in a wonderful way i really i really, really fun uh, i really yeah, like the guy too. so there there are a lot of managers obviously ex-players uh that are that are, are managers in the nippon baseball mm-hmm. um league so um the two minor leagues and the same in korea so let's 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 talk about korea a little bit so korea much later right to, to the game the first game played in korea was in night until 1982 which really surprised me Right, that it was so much later than the develop, and how quickly it's come along. Because now the KBO has produced multiple good MLB players that are currently playing in the majors right now, and they've become a place where, I mean, guys go over there, and that you, that's probably about the same level—a high, tri- you know, a little bit above AAA. Uh, so there are twenty-six players total that have played in the major leagues that uh, are from South Korea. Uh, G-Man Choi, we know. Uh, you know, Ha Seung Kim, we know. Uh, Hoi Jun Park, Rob Refsnyder, which really surprised me. Uh, Bro, look like, like a Korean name. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and and the almost Cooperstown uh, fantasy star uh, Hyun Jin Ryu, who's always 
injured and once again is injured. Um, so you've got, you know, a fair amount of guys considering there are seven Japanese players. What that's what five Korean players playing in the major leagues right now, considering that Korea has a population of about 51 million and Japan, 125 million. It's impressive that you've got exactly that, you know, a, a somewhat similar number of guys there currently. So the first Korean, I remember the first Korean to play because he pitched for the Dodgers and, and I didn't realize that he was the first is Chan Ho Park. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah he was the first Korean to play. And we obviously we know Shin Su Chu. Uh, who and the Arizona reliever who came from underneath Young uh, Kim, Kim, yep, right, pitched for them in the in, in the World Series. If I'm not mistaken, so there are ten Korean teams uh, in Korean major, and they only have uh, one division, so they don't go with the two divisions. It's just one. I think with ten that makes sense. Five teams divisions would be a little light for only ten teams. And and when they play each other, the joke between <laughs> and they I didn't Japan play Korea for the World Baseball Classic title and yes. Japan won just just uh, last year. Um, and and the joke between the two is is that the loser swims home uh, that's how that's how tough it is between uh, japan and korea oh it's a big deal to who wins that rivalry and can assert themselves as you know because it's also about being the better league because that's what it, you know showing that you know we're we're second in a sense only to the mlb and you know there will be people though that would argue just as good as the you know we're just as good as mlb baseball that those three leagues are comparable in terms of level of play i i don't agree with that but i think that the level is not that far apart so as a uh, as a former pitcher, um, what do you know about the pitching in? Let's talk about. Well, I think they're similar in both leagues, but what 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 distinguishes um, uh, Major League Baseball pitching that makes it different from the way they might pitch in Japan? The pre- lack of prevalence of specifically the curveball. They don't throw that big overhand twelve to six. But they ball. throw more breaking stuff they than they do overall, don't stuff. they? Yeah, because they throw lots of sliders. They have that. They throw lots of sliders, lots of splitters. Splitters are very big over there in a way that they're not big here in the states, and they're big into changeup. So, you have less. There's less of an emphasis on velocity. You, the, you know, now you've got guys like. Um, Otani that throw you know 100 miles an hour but that has not been the case that, that, and, and I'm glad you made that point right because same thing with uh, Roki Sasuke yeah, so it's like these guys are throwing so it used to be that well the Japanese players you know they don't really throw that hard but they're they have lots of guile well there was some big what Irabu of the Yankees came yeah. over he's supposed to be a big fastball pitcher and you can think of a lot of these you know the Yankees had uh, Ishii guys, yes uh, or no there was a he was a Dodger it wasn't Ishii there was another guy that the Yankees had who again just really came in with all the hype and they pay lots of money for these guys and they just didn't have the fastball or tanaka to, to, tanaka well no he, he he pitched well and so did uh, daisuke matsuzaka you know had a to, couple really really good, good player you know was, i would think he's a kind of a guy who you have to look at his your overall career and it's going to be really better really yeah there's just really some bad seasons near the end there for yes yes absolutely so i i think you know when i said that japanese can't be marginal players um or koreans for that matter it's not that they can't be marginal but they're not going to get picked up you're going to have to be a, but can you keep your job right can you be a guy who can you be in a an Alcides Escobar I think just play a lot of years in the major leagues I think over time that will become more commonplace as the transfer fees get to be more normal because right now I don't think you can be because it takes so much money to bring these guys over here if they're not going to be a superstar teams aren't going to pay them yeah, but they could end up being just like I guess. Wouldn't you consider like G Man Choi to be a good baseball player? He's he, he's not in danger I guess, of losing I his job. I guess that's job. not what I think of. Is what I think mediocre baseball player. Is, I think he, of. is he mediocre? Is he good? What, what would you say? I would, uh, mediocre to me is somebody that's like a two forty hitter. You know, bad. 
<laughs> okay. And, and so you don't think G-Man Choi is bad. You think he's better than I, yeah. I, would, I would. I would imagine that his average isn't too much higher than that, by the way. I'm, I'm not sure that he's, he's probably a good example yeah. of a guy I think who's a good guy to have on your team. Good team guy has played well in the playoffs for them. So he's got some cred there. Um, but he's far from being a star. And, 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 I, and okay, I that's- once you get here, I think that you could it used st- to be that you would be jettisoned if you didn't perform. Now you could stick around as long as you show you're a useful player. You're a major league baseball player. Yeah, yeah. You as long as you've shown you can, you know, produce and play at this level, teams will probably keep you around as long as it's not going to cost them too much. So your your take is then that the transfer fees are really what's going to stop a greater percentage of these players you, coming you, into major league baseball. It's gonna, it's, yeah, because you're not going to take a risk on anybody that wasn't. Unless you're going to be able, because like as soon as you start showing interest in somebody, the transfer fee goes up. The transfer fee goes up. <laughs> yeah. So you're never going to take True. a chance on somebody that might be good because it's going to cost you ninety million dollars or something to get him. So you're only going to go for a guy that, like you know, Sasaki. You might be like, oh wow, yeah, I want him right now. I'm ready to go. Strike the iron, get him in. He's only nineteen. We can develop him ourselves. But you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't really want to pay the crazy price he's going to command right now. Let's let him pitch a full year in the NBP and see if he can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay? Oh, no. Here you go. Who is the greatest Japanese player ever to play in the major leagues? Oh, Ichiro. You're supposed to hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, here's the thing. When, when I was a kid, he was playing in Japan, and, 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 and even when I was you know, through my teens. Yeah. Sudahara O, right? 868 career home runs in the Japanese league. And in those days, you just it, it wasn't worth it for him to even bother trying because there were a couple of guys that might have come over and play from Japan in the U.S., but it, they weren't actually – Really good players. They were sort of role players that would right. just maybe you know end up playing because they wanted to see what it was like. It was hard, um, you know, to do that just from a, from a language standpoint and probably even a financial standpoint. So, so Sudahara o might have had success in the major league, but it's hard to see him having the kind of success that Ichiro did. Right, exactly. Ichiro is a Hall of Fame player just off of his body work and the majors alone, probably. Okay, so if if he is your number one. Can you name another player that you think? Who's the greatest Japanese pitcher? Ooh, that's trickier. Okay. I have one in mind, and he pitched for our Mets at one point in his career. Came up. I was thinking Nomo. Yep, you got it. Yeah, Nomo. Nomo. He Nomo, of the whirling dervish because he was motion good for a bunch of years. Oh yeah, yeah. When he first came up with that twisty motion on the mound for the Dodgers and all that kind of stuff, he was good for the Dodgers. It, for it was a, like Fernando, like when he first came up. That's the kind of excitement yeah, that he and generated. dominance he had. And uh, I just think that the other guys have all had years that have probably matched Nomo at his best, but there was probably only one or two of those years. Nobody put together a set of early years in a row like he did. And I'm not going to ask you the same question about Korean because I don't think I could answer it even myself. Um, There's nobody that stands right. out to me where like, yes, we could be picking one, but it's not picking one that's a good example of it. It's picking one to pick one. But it's only a matter of time, right? Somebody's going to come over and be like the first one that's a superstar. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter at Almost Cooper.